Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Canal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Hey, crazy birds. I hope you guys are doing well and have been having an absolute amazing day and going to have the rest of the day as well. Let's talk about what is happening We have so many things. It's like holiday season starting. I'm sure many of you that has been to some of the stores have started to notice. You've got Black Fridays going on. Christmas decorations are coming in. You've got all sorts of holiday decorations also coming in. And people are starting to spend, spend, spend money making sure that they have the perfect gifts for all of their family and friends and loved ones. That just kind of brings me to an episode that I spoke about earlier and also some of the blogs that I've been writing about just like kind of gift ideas. And, you know, most of the times when we buy stuff for Christmas or a special holiday or even a birthday, So many times you end up buying something for someone that they do not need, do not want. And often some of those stuff actually end up in a bin, which is really sad because, you know, you spend so much time and effort getting this for that person. You know, it turns out they don't need it or they don't want it. So I've got a whole list of stuff, which I'm going to link in the show notes as well, just to give you guys some ideas for some of the stuff that you might want. And I am also doing a few other DIY videos that's going to be on the YouTube channel for some holiday decorations as well. So if you feel like you would love to DIY a Christmas tree or You know, you don't have to have one of those plastic trees. You can actually have a beautiful, real tree that is already in your garden. You also don't have to go and chop off a tree to have a a good, real Christmas tree. So yeah, that is just a little something that I wanted to say before I dig into our next interview with an amazing guest. Oh gosh, he is the founder of Othello, and I honestly hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's actually a new Norwegian company that has developed a patent system that use recycled plastic waste for construction materials to build affordable housing on an industrial scale. And this guest was actually born in Vardo, a island in the middle of the Barents Sea with the world's richest fishing fields surrounding this little island. There's literally like 2,000 people that live on this island. And he's got a background in house building as well as being an officer in the army. And this kind of made him see the connection between the world's plastic pollution and the world's need for affordable housing. And as a solution to each of these global problems to kind of put these two things together and basically kill two birds with one stone, he believes that we all have an obligation to not hurt the planet and to protect it for future generations, as well as a belief that we are all connected And that we are all as one. And that was kind of the starting point for Othello. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Frank Kato Lathi. Thank you, Mariska. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing very well, thanks. I'm so excited to kind of hear more about how your sustainable journey actually started. Yeah. 
I'll try to be brief about it, but this is where I always tend to take completely off and really wander off. But it had, I have a background in uh, the military as an officer in the military. And uh, I came back to uh, my hometown when my daughter was young. And as there often is between a girl in her teens and her mother, there's always some confrontations. And then there is, uh, so we, we agreed, me and my daughter, that dad will move home. And um, I bought a house here and uh, haven't, hadn't been home for quite some time just close to the, the sea or have a nice little beach here. And I was staring out the, so one autumn, uh, I was staring out of my living room windows and, and you see the autumn storms just washing ashore this huge amount of plastic waste. And Noah's, excuse my friends, holy fuck, is, how is that even possible? In this time, we we a small uh, fishing fishing village in the middle of the Barents Sea, two thousand people living here. How is that possible? We don't create this amount of trash or plastic. Going through the plastic on this tiny little beach, just fifty meters from my living room, it was um, an eye opener because mm-hmm. there were plastic from all over the world it was not local plastic it was plastic being washed into the ocean from elsewhere in the in the uh, world and follow the currents up north where the farthermost place in the earth but it was um, just driven up here by the currents and that was i've read about the plastic problem worldwide but then it started to dawn to me if this is so bad here, how is it really all the other places I've read about? I started to look into that and started to think, how is it possible? How can we do something about this? And started to look at uh, recycling. And, um, and I don't want to talk any other solutions down, but there is a limit to how much flower pots and uh, such uh, small things we actually need. Uh, so we need to not just recycle it, we need to upcycle it. We need to heighten its value. And before I entered uh, the army and officer school, I um, had took some education within house building in uh, Gothenburg in Sweden. In my uh, time in the army, I also seen the need for housing globally. So I started to think, I know there is a huge demand for housing global. There is a huge plastic waste problem in the world. Is it possible to combine these two things, use one problem to solve another? And I started to tinkle with that. And this was the autumn um, in 2014. And I worked with uh, the technology and the patent uh, until April 2019, where we knew it was we were able to patent it, and it was uh, it was able to hold everything we needed for the, the housing technology to which we're going to talk about later. As it was able to strong enough, it was um, UV resistant, it was fire resistant everything and easy to produce that's really important so that's how how it started just to kind of go back to something that you said previously you know about the flower pots we can only have so many and and that is that is really true you know a lot of people that I've met on my journey is always like kind of so positive when they recycle stuff and they recycle stuff but Every single time we recycle stuff, we are actually downgrading it when it goes to a recycling facility. Like that plastic water bottle is not going to be a plastic water bottle exactly like that. I mean, aluminium, yes, we can recycle that to infinity and probably beyond. 
But, you know, some stuff like the plastics and some hard plastics just can't be recycled, you know, so it has to go through some special things. So it's really, really important for us to kind of also look at not to buy stuff that we know has to be recycled in the first place. Like, look at our habits and see whether we could make that that change. But the problem is, like, you're from Norway and the trash is coming there and it's like you said, it's not it's not your trash, but it's on your doorstep. So it yeah. it has become kind of your problem now. I mean, you can't just like sweep it back in the ocean and hope it finds its owners back. It just doesn't work like that. But yeah, I mean, you guys have a really amazing product that I'm super excited to talk about because I actually don't think a lot of the crazy birds on this podcast know. I studied interior design, so I am an interior designer actually by trade. I have not practiced interior design in some time, but that's a kind of my background. So when I found what you guys are doing, I was so excited because, you know, it really taps back in into that where it kind of started for me as well. And you have found a company and you guys probably can't see it on the video, but I can see your logo at the back. And it's a tholo. How do I pronounce it? Halo, a halo. The proper pronunciation, if you're going, because it's old Norse, is upalo. Othalo. Yeah, you got it pretty close. <laughs> so, what exactly is that? Othalo. This is uh, one of the really the things I really enjoy to talk because it pretty much tells the story about Otalo, the holistic view on things. And I, I really love to tell people this when I ask. And this is uh, straight from our webpage. Follow is Old Norse and Anglo-Saxon, and is seen as the expansion of the life of individual and collective human consciousness against the forces of ignorance and darkness of the world, all about making change and empower people. I still get the chills every time I read it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's amazing. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. You're literally taking one issue and solving another issue So, I mean, our crazy birds probably have got no clue other than a beautiful name. So what is this product that you have been working on for years to actually get to where it is? Let me go a bit behind or more in depth to that question. We upcycle local plastic waste globally to build affordable and adequate homes locally, globally. And by doing so, we also create a lot of jobs locally. So it's all about making change in the local communities all over the world. And that's where it's really important. This, we really need to, and that's where we work together with partners and we've always partnered up with the proper local because it's all about making local and powerful. We need to spread the technology to actually make an impact. We are producing affordable housing. That's our main thing, uh, which we focus on now. And when we're talking about affordable housing, we talk about affordable housing on an industrial scale. A small factory can produce about 120,000 square meter of uh, living area per year or the equivalent of 2,060 square meter homes. So that is what we do on, and, and that's where the impact is, is the industrial scale. And in what type of countries are you currently working in? Because I mean, you're saying you are doing it local, but global. As I mentioned, the technology, we knew it was patentable in April, 2019, and that did we were actually able to build with it on the way we wanted it to, and it was safe. October 2019, UN Habitat had heard about this technology, and they flew up to Norway to look at this technology in 20th of 
December 2019. And they were thrilled about it and just wanted to know more. And we spent three days together discussing uh, the, the global problem and the solution we were uh, having. We went down to uh, Kenya, Nairobi, to look at the facilities there and how to start really get going and partnered up with some people there or companies there. So right now we have production facilities in Poland, hired production facilities. We're building and having a, a full-scale production tree in Nairobi, Kenya. Hopefully, as it seems, it will be full operative by uh, fourth quarter 2022, so next year, in a year's time. We are also starting now together with um, Plastic Bank. We partner up with them to start production in Thailand to, uh, with, or in cooperation with another huge global company. So we're doing this, as I said, this is Africa. We've been asked by the United Nations to enter eight different countries there, ASAP. We're doing this with partners in uh, Asia now as well. Oh, wow. And things are moving pretty fast forward because it's it's a huge interest and there's a huge demand for it. Exactly. You guys are in quite a few countries then already. We're establishing our, ourselves now in several countries, partnering up in several countries. And our, our goal is we're focusing on Africa, Asia, and then South America. What would be the entire process, Frank, from identifying the need for the housing through to where people actually walk in to their new structure, whether it is, you know, a house or a hospital or something else? When we identify the need for housing together with local governments or NGOs, which I could talk more about because we have a partnership with the United Nations, which has forwarded us a request for a certain amount of houses in some countries as the first step. And we have an NGO in another country, African country, who has identified the need for one million homes, and then they approached us because there is only only one technology today. As the United Nations has gone out and said publicly, there's only one technology today which is actually able to do some something about the housing deficiency of the world and the plastic waste problem of the world, and that mm-hmm. is Otao's technology. As Andrew Chimponga, the CEO of Shelter Afrique, said, and uh, there is no it's not possible. And they are in charge of building affordable housing throughout uh, the 44 member states in Africa. It's not possible to build affordable housing with traditional building material and traditional building technology. Mm. It takes a long time and it's is to cost. And this is a plastic waste resource. And that's what it's been all about. It's making this not a problem, but a resource. And that is where you make the change and make sure that people see this as a resource and that they can actually create jobs and income and personal and local empowerment. And we have a special focus on on women. One of these organizations we mentioned, Africa Women Development Organization, we are focusing on giving back to society and especially focus on education for young women to get them into leadership uh, positions management and societal positions because we really need the women to step up get opportunities and possibilities to just embrace them and take the position needed to make this global change because i truly believe that the global change is in the hands of the women yeah, definitely. And I mean, a lot of the the times when you see these women getting into these roles and things, it's not just the woman and her close family that benefits from this. It's actually the community because they go and they build and they enhance the community. So yeah, it's it's definitely a win-win for for everyone. That's that's really amazing. 
So if the factory, so you guys would set up these factories in the different countries and then how long will it take to actually finish one full house, like from start to finish? Uh, <laughs> we use the uh, term 60 square meter equivalents by a two eight-hour shift. So let's say one eight-hour shift will be able to produce thousand homes per year or actually eight of these houses per day oh wow so it's like 60 square meter houses that's quite big though yeah like- yeah but we use that as an equivalent because yeah it's it's easier to understand a 60 square meter uh, home yeah than just using the term 120,000 square meter home living quarter per year oh wow wow that's that's amazing wow so you can definitely build you know quite a lot of houses in that time frame geez one team of fitters should be able to to build a, a house in three days i know it's possible to do it in one day we did it just two people two persons did it in two days Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's not just houses that you guys actually built or, well, affordable houses. There's a lot of other solutions as well. Can you maybe tell us what are those solutions? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Even though we have our main focus on affordable housing, the technology developed and the insulation values we are able to get through this also allows us to build TCMSUs, or temperature-controlled mobile storage units. Right now, one of the huge problems humanity is facing is lack of medicine and vaccines and lack of food. One-third of all uh, food produced in in the world is lost before it gets to the market due to the lack of cooling chains. Mm. And the same just in Africa, uh, every year one loses vaccines and medicines that need cooling of a value of $12.5 billion every year. So by producing these really low-cost, uh, collapsible, temperature-controlled storage units, which could be placed everywhere, do you, at a fishing village or at a, with a farmer or even in the um, most, <laughs> in the outbacks or in the small villages where you need to store, the community need to store the produce before it gets to the market, or the, uh, you need to store medicines. But doing that, you, and you have solar-driven uh, cooling units, that makes a huge impact. And there's been a lot of interest in that as well. We definitely get... I mean, I grew up in South Africa and, you know, we've traveled quite a lot in Africa. You have to experience it kind of for yourself to like see that, you know, there is such a need for that because something as simple as like a room that can store medicine is so valuable because like you said, how many stuff gets thrown away and how many people do not get the necessary vaccinations and medicines that they actually require just because they don't have a cooling facility. That's what we really wanted to battle with this technology as well, because it is cheap, it's quickly, and it's really easy to move around. So you should be able to put up a cooling unit in four minutes. So it should be really easy to do. So it's just the modular panels that then gets manufactured at the factories and then you guys just go and put it on or the yeah. the local um, people. And you also do schools and hospitals with the same modular systems, right? Yeah, you can, with this, this modular system, you, you can put up any structure you like. There's different requirements uh, as to uh, fire resistance. Uh, when it comes to schools and hospitals, that is uh, still within the scope of the technology. So, yes, you can put up uh, hospitals and schools. We actually, two days ago, I got a request. This was in Kenya. If we could help them put up a, uh, this is an orphanage and a community school where 250 uh, children go in and, and where 50 is orphans. And 
they needed new houses. So we'll see and look into that. But that would be the first housing school community we're putting up. Because they need uh, places, dormitories, they need classrooms, and they need, there's a lot of things they need there. So we're, we're looking at that as we speak to see if this is something we could help out with. We have partners on the financial side that would be able to finance this kind of project. So Frank, so obviously it's a modular system and guys, I'm going to link stuff in the show notes as well, where people can like physically see what the products looks like as well. But the plastics that you guys are using, what type of plastic is it? Because obviously there is such a variety of different plastics out there. We can utilize about 75% of the world's plastic waste uh, as of today. There is uh, ABS, PE, PP, PET, and PVC. These are the most common waste and abundance. But we are working on a solution which will be Tech 2.0, where we will be able to utilize 100% of all plastic waste. Wow, that's phenomenal. And does it need to be a specific size or anything, or size doesn't matter? Size doesn't matter. So we've talked about the the 2,000 houses um, or the 120,000 square meters, I think. But like how much plastic does it actually take to build 160 square meter home? 160 square meter home uses 8.1 metric ton of recycled plastic waste. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that is a lot. So obviously the, the, the waste is just collected locally by for some of the partners and things that you've mentioned earlier, yeah. but is, is the communities also kind of getting involved as well and, you know, bringing stuff or collecting stuff or is there, is there something from the community aspect as well? As we said, I would, I'd like to go into that. Uh, Othalo is based on four pillars, doing something about the global plastic waste problem locally, doing something about the global housing deficiency locally, creating jobs worldwide locally. And the fourth pillar is the community part, the giving back, where we focus on giving back to schools, making sure that everyone in the value chain gets good pay, gets health care, health insurance. We're having just partnering up now with one who's an organization that would provide health insurance for everyone in our value chain, schools, uh, education for children, focusing on especially women, uh, jobs for women, school uniforms, and every, to create an, and even pension plans. Instead of giving a high salary, because we could give a higher salary, but instead of doing that, giving them more than average salary, you use uh, the money to give security and prosperity and a future. That's where we focus on. Because if you, if you are able to do this, you you create, so as I mentioned, more than once, the, the local empowerment the and the involvement and encouraging people to take care about the community they're in, making sure that they get highly educated, get the children of, because uh, in Africa, for example, or take the world, it's globally. Today, we're about 7.6 billion people. By 2050, we will be 9.4, something I'm taking the numbers, right, as wow. I remember it now. <laughs> but by 2100, we will be approximately 11 billion people. Wow. In Africa, Today, uh, 1.3 billion, by 2050, 2.4 billion. And in 2100, 4.2 billion people. That's phenomenal. And if you just look at some of the circumstances that a lot of these communities are actually living in now, I mean, I previously had on the podcast Marita Peters from Search for Water And they provide clean water and sanitation for some of these communities. And you've literally 
like, yeah, they, they've got really, you know, terrible housing circumstances, but the thing is they also don't have actually clean water, you know, have to walk how many kilometers. And now with some of the climate changes, you they would literally walk to some of the rivers and dams where they would go to, and when they get there, it's dry. So a lot of the times these people are really, they've got so much that's going on. I can't imagine how my life would have been if I have to go and walk 10 kilometers every morning so I can pick up my water for the day before I even start my day. And, you know, just by adding one more thing that you guys are doing by providing an actual good house that they can live in. It's little things like that, that, you know, we sometimes I feel take for granted every day. We really do. And that is because you're into something which is really important. And this global pandemic we're in now has shown us that a proper house, a proper living situation is actually one of the best healthcare options or actually one of the best healthcare uh, we could provide because a proper housing gives way better sanitation situation and that is also where as you said we need to in our search to make better it's really important that we pair this housing is one thing you need power you need green power and you need water clean water and all these things are the things that provide higher life expectancy maybe you will be able to reduce the birth rates create a better life for for humanity both locally but also globally oh that sounds amazing and i mean just going back from a technical aspect you know it is houses most of the times when it comes to houses there's all sorts of standards building regulations and things that um, some of these buildings need to adhere to what type of classifications does your building systems actually have? We have been uh, using the uh, Norwegian and European classification um, uh, regime. It's up for that. And the same with the fire resistance. But of course, when we go into a different in Africa, you might have, but it's already prepared for Africa and higher temperature. Going into Asia, it's humidity and we need to make it class. Uh, May and it shouldn't be any problem. We haven't seen anything that should provide uh, any problems for us. But we need to because different countries have different regulations, yeah. which we need to take into consideration together with our local partners. So all these things, when we because uh, as I said, this is a partner technology. We just. Actually, yesterday we filed different national uh, applications following the, the, the global patent applications. We need to file for over 100 countries, both for to be able to spread the technology so that global, so local partners are able to build a sustainable um, business out of this. Mm. But they need to have that protection and so it's viable to 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 uh, actually start producing this. But all these things we are working on. We are have a we have partners uh, on the technical technological side. Will make all these adjustments needed to the different national uh, requirements. We use the uh, NTNU, the uh, University uh, Technological University here in Norway, to help us with these things as well. So we mm. always have to, it's a continuous uh, both development, but also, as you said, we had to adapt to the different requirements yeah. and sa safety regulations in particular. That's amazing. And like, Frank, is there any of these buildings that you guys have finished already, like that people can see photos of or actually visit? <laughs> you will be able to do that before the end of the year. So if you don't protest this before the end of the year, you will have pictures and even be able to walk in one. Of them. No, oh, probably wow. not you because you, so you're in uh, you're you're in Australia. <laughs> yeah, probably not by the end of the year on traveling, no, but no, it, no, hopefully, no. hopefully. And is there is there kind of a end of life plan with these buildings like, you know, at some point if something happens like okay, it 
does say it's fire resistant, but what if something happens and like the building gets destroyed? Is there kind of a recycle of it or do you, can you use it again and build a new panel or? When you have the panels, the built houses, if you get damage on the panels, you're able to change the panel. Okay. You can recycle. That's been really important because the life expectancy we are working towards is on a house is up to 50 years. On the um, TCMSUs and the the more shelters or refugee shelters and uh, modular buildings, it's 10 years. But the moment it's no longer in use, you will be able to, especially on the modular buildings, because they're, they're built, be taken up and down and rebuilt. But you are able, the moment you have to, and that's something we need to look at, because even though it have a, lo- a long life expectancy, we don't know what the requirements will be in 50 years. We don't know anything about what we need to make sure that these buildings can be recycled. That's so important. Yeah. What would you say is your vision for the future for Athalo? We have put ourselves a pretty hairy goal. We're going to build minimum 1 million homes within the next five years. That's an ambitious one. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, together with partners, we think that's possible. Yeah, and definitely. And if you don't have... You need to have hairy goals to have to stretch. Exactly. If your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough. No, exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Frank, what would you say has been one of your most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? Now, this is really something that dwells and is part of my, my innermost being. I live, as I mentioned, as far north as you can in the Euro- in Europe. Or actually, we're at seventy one degrees north, quite far north. Or actually, seventy point thirty four degrees is the ac- uh, accurate. Here we are a small fishing village with a history that goes several thousand years back in time. And every part of history and the human beings living here has evolved around nature and the nurturing and caretaking of the nature. Because we are in mainland Europe, even in the Western world, we're one of the few people who still live by the nature for the nature, with the nature, in the nature. We feel every changes up here, the process. We see the changes in all the seabirds when they die of uh, either the lack of food or plastic waste. We have the whales just out of the bed, uh, a bedroom window. I can hear the seals in the mating season uh, <laughs> when I'm asleep. We're really close to nature and i have one of my most endearing and sacred and holy places i come from an island i mentioned all these closeness to nature but it's also a place of female power the it's always been the women who have been the strong ones we have a you know, fishing community. Guys have been out fishing, drowned, huge uh, throughout history. But it's been the women who built that kept the society and taken care of each other. Uh, that is why we also have had the most horrific witch processes in the 1600s. 91 mainly women burnt at the stake as witches, of course. And that, that's when 2,000 people lived here uh, throughout this entire county. And that is because the king fought the strong women of the, uh, the coastal regions of north was trying to get rid of him by magic. And 
we have a cave here, which Christianity have called entrance to hell. The old Greeks uh, two and a half thousand years ago told, uh, believed was the entrance to the netherworld. And uh, old Norse people believed was the entrance to hell's realm, the goddess hell. But when you enter it, you see that this is a, a holy place of, I call it the womb of Gaia. You see that it is shaped by nature like the genitals, the inner genitals of a woman. So it's really amazing. Wow. <laughs> that sounds, sounds definitely like some cave. Yeah, it is an amazing cave. It's been a holy cave for thousands and thousands of years. Oh, wow. But this, and that is uh, when we talk about what's Gaia. Gaia for me is still holy. And for me, and that is one of the reasons why Othalo was created, it, is a, it has a spiritual anchor. It is based on spirituality and the, the love of Gaia. Well, that's amazing that, you know, obviously get to experience all of these things because I think a lot of our crazy birds actually you live in a city, you drive in your car or you take a public transport and you sometimes don't even see a tree for the day. And a lot of the times we feel so disconnected with nature. Sometimes it becomes very easy for a lot of people to not fully grasp why are some people trying to protect or doing so much to protect these environment when that's not something that they experience daily. So yeah, I, I definitely would love to come and visit you at some point and see all of these beautiful, beautiful things. You should. I'll put forward a few videos in the, in the link so you can, um, can see how beautiful it is and how strong the presence of Gaia is. And I could tell you so much about these ancient powers that still reigns in this area. Oh, that's amazing. Well, we'll definitely link that up in the show notes as well. So, Frank, we are going to move on to our final five. What is one social media account or publication that you follow? Uh, mostly I follow LinkedIn. Is there a specific person in LinkedIn that you like every, all of our crazy birds need to head down and go and follow that person? No, I'm, I'm really following people on the same journey as followers and what is your hope for mama earth going forward i really really hope that humanity are able to see what we're um, what we have before it's too late and start actually embracing and taking care of exactly and what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to actually help out mama earth there's a couple of things that's really important. Of course, plastic waste is one of the things that's really close to me and my values. But it's actually what we, I just wrote something earlier today about it, that we have a tendency, because I, I believe if we start there, everything will change. Open your eyes, look at your fellow human being, Look at your people walking next to you, people you meet every day, all life around you, animal life. And how, because this is something where you mentioned being disconnected. We have lost the ability to feel, okay, this might be a strong word, but I feel we have lost the ability to feel for our uh, fellow, both not just human beings, but fellow inhabitants of this planet and not only in this moment but if you can start thinking how can i make your life a, a bit better how can i make sure that this creature this bug this bird does not get some plastic waste in it or are are full get uh, oil in their feathers uh, these small things, this consciousness about not just making, not even making good, but 
making sure that you don't do bad and even stretch it. Because even though it might be difficult to think and have this thought in the moment, but we need to stretch these thoughts of doing good, not only for those who are here, the, the creatures and the people you meet now, but their future kids and grandkids. And we need to, that, that's where we, when we get back to what I talked about the women, why they are so important because I'm going to be kicked when I'm saying this, but the patriarchal way, view on global life, and which I also feel that capitalism has become a part of the short-sightedness about small pressures in the moment when true ma uh, matriarch view is actually not for me now, but for my great, great, great grandchildren. How can I make sure that they get proper life with good values? And so, yes, that's what I want. If I could ask anybody, stop up, just stop, think when you meet a people, how can I make your, that, that person or that creature's day better? And it might not even, that's really close to my heart. Yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like you're very passionate about that. That's amazing. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? One sustainable, but I would like to, if I could, since we're talking about Othalo and plastic waste, could I use a few facts? <laughs> well, you can you can use the one that would resonate most, do you think, or two? Maybe let's let's give you two facts. <laughs> if the recycling of plastic is so important, because today we have found a microplastic, it's in all creatures globally. It's found even in the snow on the North Pole. And every year you get the amount of plastic, uh, microplastic in yourself on the same amount of a credit card. That you, is something you ingest without being, uh, even knowing that every year. And that we have, no, we have no clue what that microplastic do with our bodies and genetics. Exactly. And we're seeing it in even like babies and things. It's, it's phenomenal how much microplastics there is in in everyone and that is crazy yeah <laughs> and frank where can people actually find you and othalo one way to start is actually go to othalo.com and get to know us I get to know the basics and how and get in touch with us globally there is like hundreds of articles around uh, about Othalo on our journey. And now it seems like it's going to be a documentary um, series. Oh, wow. Agents of Change. So you might catch us on TV or some platforms uh, pretty soon. Oh, well, that's, that's amazing. Well done. Congratulations on that. Crazy Birds, I am going to link also to all of your social medias as well as the website and everything in our show notes. So if you're listening to this and you are not sure of any spellings or anything, go to the show notes. It will all be linked in there for you guys. Frank, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest on the podcast. Um, I've learned a lot. Absolutely love all the work that you guys are doing. It really is making such a difference. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Absolutely love and just like really, really, I'm so thankful for every single one of you guys, your support. It really means the world to me. I have actually been working on quite a few things in the last couple of months, and I am so excited to finally be sharing those with you guys. The first one is a online course, which will be released 
next year, January. So if you actually go onto my Instagram, you will find a link where you can kind of pre-register and then I will send all the links and everything through to you guys uh, closer to the time. So it's starting January. It's going to be a six-week course, two hours each week, and it's just going to basically take you from the basics of um, how do you actually live with less waste. And if you have not already downloaded my free ebook about it, you can obviously use that as kind of a starting point. But I'm going to talk during the course and the course is going to be a live. There's going to be a two hour live session that you can join live and then also ask questions directly or you can watch the recording after as well. So, yeah, very, very excited about that. If you guys do have anything in the meantime that you feel like, oh, Mariska, you know, I would love to learn more about X, Y, and Z, then please let me know and I'll try my best to kind of work it in the course if it's not already in there. I would absolutely love to kind of add it for you guys as well and just to make sure that you guys get as much value out of this as well. Did I mention that it is actually free? This first online course that I'm launching is going to be free. So... I would be so, so honored to have you guys all there. So there would be literally nothing stopping you from taking this and taking action and making actually steps. Second thing that I am working on that I'm super, super excited about, can't wait to actually launch it, is NFTs. Some of my artwork is going to be NFT, so you can actually buy it on the blockchain and own it. There's going to be some real art pieces, there's going to be prints, and there's also going to be electronic pieces. Um, so do keep an eye out on that. Once I have released it, I will definitely keep you guys up to date with it. So that is all for me for this week. I hope to see you guys in two weeks time. Have a good one. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guest for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the mamaearthtalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast. If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single one of them. And I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. There's over a hundred episodes. So if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next, maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there. If you enjoy the episodes, why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them? Let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms and they are all very welcome to join the crazy birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best way to get in contact with me would probably be a DM on Instagram. You can either send it to my personal which is at Zero Waste Mariska or the podcast, which is at Mama Earth Talk or send me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday, so make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice, and it's us crazy birds.